You have been blessed by the ministry of Apostle Solomon Buckley and Fresh Wind International. Please consider supporting us by going to Cash App, dollar sign, Prophet Solomon B. Again, that is dollar sign, Prophet Solomon B. Also, if you would like to have a testimony, you could send us an email at freshwindinternational at gmail.com. If you would like to schedule for a personal prophetic ministry and prayer, you can also email freshwindinternational at gmail.com. God bless you. All right, I'm going to record this, so I want to do less editing as possible this morning, so... Turn to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Uh, Turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter 3. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for all that you do for us. Thank you that you make us come alive. Lord, I thank you for this spiritual community known as Rock of Salvation Church. Father, I thank you for our sister churches. I thank you for our Uh, our friends that are connected to this ministry via the radio show and that that Bishop Buckley and myself and the leadership team of this church have connection with. Father, we pray for blessings upon uh, our church, our spiritual uh, community, the body of Christ around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Revelation chapter 3 this morning. We're going to talk about what is the Lord saying? What is the Lord saying? Well, this morning I was searching through some pictures and I found this picture here. Um, a picture that was taken of me when I first took the classroom that I'm, that I'm currently residing at at the school. And in this picture, in this picture, and it encouraged me because it was a prophetic picture, you know. In this picture, I want you to look at this. My hands were up in the air, and behind me, there were two children that were pushing, pushing me down the slide. Two children. You cannot see the children in this uh, picture because it's a very dark picture, and due to, um, due to safety reasons, the picture had to be darkened out for their protection. But if you see this picture... The two children are actually pushing me down. And you could see if you were in the in the particular moment, the children were laughing and saying and, and with so much joy pushing me down the slide. And I allowed them. The same in our lives. Jesus wants to push us for us wants us to be pushed forward into our destiny, but it's not going to happen unless we are willing to say, Lord, I'm willing to be pushed down the slide. I'm willing to be pushed down the slide. The question I want to ask you today, and this is not a part of the sermon, is are you willing to be pushed? As big as I am, I weigh about 229. And these two children, I had to be vulnerable to let these children push me down the slide. Are you vulnerable to let God help you? I don't care if it's 
if it's getting through school, I don't care if it's getting through how you're going to manage your annuity check, because some of us in the room are on annuity checks because we're retired. Some people in the congregation here are retired. Some of us, we're managing our funds from work and we got a mortgage payment. We got taxes to pay. We got all these things. And it seems like once we get our money, our money is gone because we don't work. We don't make six figures, right? <laughs> so are we willing to let God lead us? You know, uh, we used to sing a song during the, uh, the, uh, the song service, the praise service. He's a mighty good leader. Let him lead you all the way, all the way from earth to glory. Let Jesus, yeah, let Jesus lead you all the way. Are you going to let Jesus lead you? But also I got another question. Are you vulnerable enough to let other people come alongside of you and help you through your journey? I, these children were so eager when I got up on this slide. They said, Mr. Simon, Mr. Simon, we want to push you. We want to push you. And I said, okay, I, I will let you push me. But you have to wait until I'm fully on this, on, on this slide in order for you to push me. Some of us, we're waiting on God to send the, the next wave. And God's saying, I brought two people to push you along into your destiny. I brought these two people, and you still don't want to get on the boat. I brought these 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 two people from 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 clear across across the street to you, and you still don't want to get on the boat. And there the floodwaters are rising, and you still don't want to get on. You're on the top of your roof, about to drown. You're about to drown. There are people that are about to drown. I'm speaking prophetically. They're about to drown, and why they're going to drown is because the people that God has assigned, I'm speaking prophetically right now, the people that God has assigned to their life, they have cut their ears off, and they refuse to be vulnerable and transparent and say, look, I got a problem. I need help. When you get to the place in your life where, where you can no longer listen to what God is saying, and to the leaders that God places in your life, you can't be pushed down the slide. Amen. You cannot go to the next level that God wants you to. I remember a story. Um, I was working somewhere uh, about a year ago. I was working somewhere, and I'm sharing this testimony to encourage you. I was working somewhere where I had outgrown the place. Mm -hmm. I had outgrown the place. I didn't feel like going there anymore. I was tired of the I was tired of the people. I was tired of the environment. And I had outgrown the place. And I remember I called Mother Freeman and Mother Freeman said, Solomon, there is more that God has for you and that there is more that you need that you're not receiving. See the Lord sends the prophetic, which is the voice of God, the prophetic is sent to our lives to help bring direction, to bring protection, to bring instruction, to be a guide man, to be a guide man. The Bible says the prophetic is to, to edify, to build up, and to strengthen the believer. Now, I went to Sister Freeman. Sister Freeman's an intercessor. Intercessors a lot of times have a prophetic mix 
where they where they hear from God. They may not be prophets, but and some are prophets. Not everybody that's an intercessor is a prophet. Does that make sense? Amen. But the thing about it is, sometimes when you pray and you spend a lot of time with God, God starts showing you things prophetically. And she moved under the spirit under the spirit of prophecy. And during that moment, she said, under the spirit of prophecy, there's a spirit of prophecy. Then there's the prophetic ministry, which that means that somebody is not a prophet, but they can function and minister prophetically in a strong way. Then there's the office of the prophet. And there's a difference. We'll teach you on that another time. But she moved under a prophetic anointing, and she began, there's a prophetic anointing, then there's the prophetic office. The anointing any of us can operate in as we, as we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. But then there's those that function in the prophetic office, that that's their resident gift. Does that make sense? The prophetic anointing can fall, and the sister back there can begin to prophesy under the prophetic anointing. But once that prophetic anointing lives, then she can no longer operate under that unless unless she's under the resident of the of the of the prophetic the prophetic office. Does that make sense? The prophetic office is in place. Does that make sense? Does that kind of bring clarity? Mm -hmm. So, like, there are times when I go in places to minister as a as a as an actual prophet, because that's my calling. And everybody in the church can hear from the Lord because I'm there, and because there's a yieldedness to the prophetic. But when I leave that church, they go right back to normal. Does that make sense? They go back to normal because it's not the resident when the the prophetic anointing is there. You have to draw in from it. So anyway, I'm saying that she began to move under the prophetic anointing, and she said, I want you to go and put an application here, and put an application here. And I said, well, I said, Mother Freeman, I put an application at that place eight times, eight times. And, uh, and we talked, we had that conversation. And I went every place. I went to one place that I used to work for, and I said, I'm not going to a place unless they have this, 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 this benefit because I don't want to be in a mess. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me and he said, you're going to get this job over here. And get this job over here. I walked in the door and I saw all these people that I used to work with. And they said they were, they were hugging me and hugging me and hugging me. They said, this is home. This is going to be your home. This is going to be your home. Uh, you, you belong over here with us. And, uh, and so all of a sudden, I did my first interview, and the next interview, I was there. I was at the place where I was supposed to be. Okay. But that's not part of my sermon. So Revelation chapter 3. Okay. And to the angel of the church in Sardis writes these things. These things I say to you, I say, he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works. That you have a name and that you are alive, but you are dead. All right. You are dead. Let's look at this. Let's look at this verse right here. I know that the Spirit of God, the, uh, the Spirit of God, that you have the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. Could it be? That America is in crisis 
right now in Christianity as being uh, Amer uh, American evangelicals, Christianity? Could it be that we have a problem because we have a lot of works? And really, we have a lot of programs, but could we be dead on the inside? Could it, could it be that we're dead on the inside? It says, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. Be watchful, be alert, is what God's saying to us as we enter in 2023. He said, this is a year to be alert. Be alert, the dragon is coming. There's a dragon coming to the... Uh, uh, to through America, and that dragon is going to be famine. We've already heard that. We already heard that there's going to be things happening in America uh, as we enter into the new year. We know that. The Lord said to the church, "Be watchful, Rock of Salvation. Be watchful, Amen. and strengthen the things that remain. That means strengthen your prayer life." Strengthen your fasting life. Strengthen, strengthen everything that re re remains in you. Strengthen your body if you have to. Strengthen your mind. That means everything can't come into your mind. Every person can't be in your circle, on your front row, as Sister Freeman tells us often. Right. Strengthen the things that which remain and that are ready to die for for I have not found your works perfect before God. That means I have not found you complete before God. I have not found you to, uh, to be set apart before God. Perfect, complete, set apart before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast, hold fast. That means retain, retain. That means don't, don't, don't just walk out of this door and not retain what, what's been given to you. Hold fast to it. Hold fast to it. War with it. And repent. That means change your mindset. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief. And you will not know what hour I will come upon you. That's talking about judgment. That's, that's talking about judgment. Judgment. Um, that's talking about, when he's talking about I will come as a thief, it refers to the unprecedented historic judgment, not the second coming. It's referring to the, to the, the judgment, to his, his historic judgment. Okay? You have, verse 4, you have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garment. That means that their garment doesn't have stains on it. That means what he's seeing is, a, is he's seeing your garments have stains. That means there's blood on your hands. Church, there's blood on your hands. There's defilement, am I correct? There's defilement in the camp. How could it be that these people are worshiping, worshiping and and, and they're singing songs, and they're singing uh, holiness unto the Lord, unto the King. They're singing all those songs, but yet they're not set apart. They're singing, change my heart, oh God, make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God, may I be like you. You are the potter, 
I am the clay and the dead. The dead. Could you imagine being being in a church where where they're worshiping, they're raising their hand, they're singing, uh, they're singing, shine, Jesus, shine, fill this place. And they're singing, celebrate, Jesus, celebrate. They're singing, this is how I fight my battle. It may look like I'm surrounded. And, and therefore, they're dead at the door now. And they're wearing garments. And all their garments have spots and it's defilement. I'm telling you, if we don't hold fast to what is true and we don't hold fast to, to, what, to what God is saying, what his word has to say, do you know that we will, each one of us will stand before the Lord and we'll be the Sardis church? Each one of us will be the Sardis church right. because our garments are filthy. Where? They're stained. Yes. So verse 5. He that overcomes shall be oh, shall shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Today I want to tell you that when the Lord woke me up this morning, He's, he began to, I pulled out this book that I wrote the foreword for a long time ago. When this brother came out with, with this book, he asked me, he said, will you write the foreword? Uh, this book was written in 2014. And I wrote the foreword for such a long time ago. And the Lord said, I want you to pull it out because I want you to tell them about the battle wounds this morning. We're moving from we're moving from darkness to light. So from this day forward, the veil has been ripped from you. The veil has been ripped from you. That means you will be able to see clearly. But I want to tell you this morning, because I'm going through one of the most hurtfulest seasons in my life, but I don't act like it. I want to tell you some of the battle wounds. That, that you're going to have to go through if you're going to have to stand as a remnant, as the remnant in this hour. And this is coming from the book Prophet Come Out of Your Cave, Cave, Cave by Michael Bacon. I wrote the foreword for this book, page 22. And it's talking about if you've been called as a prophet, but I'm going to just say to you, you've been called as the remnant, as a warrior. So these are some things that you may be struggling with. These may be some things that you may have some battle wounds in. So are you ready? So first of all, if you've been called to be a warrior, and I'm taking this from page 22 of the Prophets Come Out of Your Cave book by Michael Bacon, you have had a life that has been tried and tested with many battles and spiritual attacks. Second of all, it seems like that attacks that happen for years and may never end. Next thing, next battle wound. God seems to be examining your heart all the time while others in the church don't seem to be held to the same standard by God. The Lord often holds his, 
his warriors, and I added that word, to a higher standard of self-denial. Mm. Third point, you have the, a gift of knowing what to pray. There will be an intercessory gift that prophets and prophetic people will flow through. I'm going to talk about warriors this morning because I'm telling you about some of the things that, that, that this remnant is going to carry, this church is going to carry. There will be a song desire to worship God. If you're going to carry the word of the Lord in this hour, you have to have a life of worship. You have to be, be a worshiper. Brother A.J. Rowden, uh, founder of Evangelistic Center, had a, a plaque up on the, on the, up, up, up above the, the pulpit, and it said, Come Holy Spirit, Possess our lives. Possess our lives. Come, Holy Spirit, possess our lives. There was an autobiography written about Brother A.J. Routon, and it's no longer published, but it was called An En Route to Worship in the Spirit. You remember that book, Luan? An En Route to Worship in Spirit and Truth. And Brother Routon used to teach uh, his spiritual sons and daughters that everything is not worship. Be careful what you call worship. Amen. Be careful what you call worship. Mm -hmm. Some things that is called worship is nothing but entertainment. Mm -hmm. And you got to know the difference. Third of all, warriors that the Lord's going to release, page 23, they're going to flow in signs, wonders, and miracles are going to follow their lives. You're going to know things about circumstances, situations, and people without them even telling you. You will often have a poor opinion about the state of the church, warriors. You will particularly want to be alone instead of always with people. There's a drawing away. You hear God speak, and you can minister what God is speaking to others. There are regular dreams and visions, and you may have, you'll have a burning bush experience. If you're called to be a warrior, page 24, you may have some of these weaknesses. You may have a man-pleasing spirit. You seem to want to please others more than God. This is a pitfall. This is a pitfall to warriors. Am I correct, Brother Juan? This is a pitfall to warriors. Fear of man. A lot of times intercessors and prophets, they tend to fear man and have to learn to fear God and more than what other what man can do to them. Difficulty trusting others. This is one of the top areas that God works on in our walk as warriors. Next point. Weakness to women such as Jezebel. The flattering and control of the Jezebel spirit moves through others to try to control a warrior, a prophet, a man of God. Then there's also the Absalom spirit that tries to come in to try to divide and conquer. Next, depression and self-pity, and then pride. Those are the weaknesses of a warrior. And unless you have submitted those things to the cross, beloved, guess what happens? You end up walking this stuff out and people end up getting damaged 
and they end up getting hurt. So my encouragement to you is individually, are you the Sardis church? Are you? When Jesus comes back, like I said on the radio yesterday, when Jesus comes back, he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back for you. He's coming back for you. He's coming back for you. What church do you look like? Do you look like the church of Sardis, the dead church? The dead church, they, everything looked good, but they were dead. They were dead. They were dead. Question I want to ask you today is, is your lampstand burning bright? Is your lampstand burning bright? Are you burning bright? Do you need to go get oil in your lamp to keep you burning? What do you look like as a warrior? What do you sound like as a warrior? I just gave you some things that, that Apostle Michael Bacon wrote in his book, Prophet, Come Out of Your Cave. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you, what do you look like? What do you sound like? Who are you? Where are you going? What are you doing? What are you going to accomplish? 2023, I expect greater than what we've seen in 2022. I expect greater as a congregation. I expect, I expect that people are going to come out of Sardis churches and come into churches that where the life-giving spirit of God is moving. I didn't say where, where there was bells and whistles. I said where the life-giving spirit of God is moving. Because as the spirit of God moves, everything around the spirit of God enhances. Everything, everything. A day is coming where where rocket salvation will not look the same way that it looks today. But if we don't look like what we did in 1993 when this church was established. But there's a greater glory that we're going to move into. There's a greater glory. Ruth Heflin wrote a song, There's a Will Within a Will. And it's flowing in me. It's flowing in the glory realm. And then there's a fire within a fire. And it's burning in me. It's burning in the glory realm. So I want to encourage you today. Be not like the Sardis church. Be not like the Sardis church. That the Lord, when you stand before the Lord, he tell you, I know your works. And I know that you are dead. I see all your work. I see all your missionary work. I see how much scholarships you give to children. I see how many people that the food that you give to the hungry. I see the radio show. I see everything that you do. But yet, you're dead. You're dead. You're dead. How many churches in Kansas City is Sardis written on over? I'm not throwing an attack on churches in Kansas City. I'm just being honest. There are churches where, where Ichabod is written over the doorpost, and yet thousands of people are there. And, and thousands, you know, hundreds of people are sitting there, even this morning, while we're worshiping here, there are churches where the Lord is not even present. The Lord is not even present. And yet they use mechanicalism and techniques to keep the people there. And yet it looks good on the outside. But when you strip away, you take the walls out. You take everything out. You take, take the, all you see is dead skeletons. 
I know I'm going to, I'm going to be in hot trouble for this one. Dead skeleton. All you see is dead skeleton. People that are sitting there and they look alive. They raise their hands. They dance. They shout. They do everything. They give thousands of dollars to missions. They give thousands of dollars to this, thousands of dollars to that. And they may even be on the radio. They may even be on TV. They may have an influence with the chambers of commerce. They may have an influence across the world. But yet, when God looks at, the, at, the, at some churches, he sees Sardis written over it. Because the people are spiritually dead. Spiritually dead. Even the pastors are spiritually dead. And when there is a spiritual deadness, there is always going to be a group of people. There is always, during the, during the 1900s, and I'm going to just give you a history lesson here. During the 1900s, there was a group of people that gathered in Topeka, Kansas, and they said, we have to have more than what we are having. And they began to read the scripture that was Charles Parham. Some of you know that name. Charles Parham. And that would release the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit known to many of us as the Pentecostal movement. Whenever there is a dry season in the church, God always raises up an Elijah. God always raises up a Paul. God always raises up a Moses. God always raises up a, a Deborah, an Anna. And I believe that we're in a season where the Lord is about to raise up some Deborahs, some Annas in the camp, some Moseses in the camp, and they're, gonna, they're going to and some Pauls in the camp, and they're about to do some things, some Jeremiah's in the camp. And I believe that it's coming in the church of Kansas City, that the church of Kansas City will look different. There's going to be some churches that are going to close in 2023, and they're going, and they're going to unite with other churches. There are some people that are going to come out of these dressing room churches, Oh boy, these dressing room churches, Hollywood churches, oh I've never even prophesied it. They're going to come out of these Hollywood churches and they're going to benefit other places with their giftings because there are already musicians that have not lifted up their soul to bell. My God. There are preachers that have not lifted their soul to bell. And they don't need money in order to preach the word of the Lord. You know, there's some churches right here, right now, in Kansas City. And I know some people are not going to like the recording, but they'll hear it anyway. There's some churches right here in Kansas City where the musicians have to be paid every week. And if they don't have musicians, the show can't go on. But I'm telling you, God's going to raise up some musicians that will play under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and be skillful as well. Be well-trained. And they don't want to die. They don't want to die. They want to use their gift to glorify God. There are pastors even this morning that are standing behind the pulpit that will not even preach unless, unless they're getting a check. I know pastors because I, I, I talk, talk to pastors. And I, I, know, I know a pastor right now that if, that if this individual doesn't get $500, they're not coming to your church to preach. And they live right here in the city. 
Uh, tell me, are they alive? Are they alive or are they dead? They're dead. They're dead. You got to have $500 in order to preach the word of God? <laughs> you got to have $1,000 in order to preach the word of God? You got to have all this stuff in order to preach the word of God? I say be a blessing. I say don't rob the, don't, don't rob the anointing, you know, from the anointing. But I'm saying we have gotten such to a place that we've become dead, and we're dead on the inside. Who told you? Who told you you were alive? Did Jesus tell you that? <clears throat> or the enemy? And so my question today is, if you're alive, it's going to show. If you're alive, you're not going to be like the Sardis Church. See all your works. You know, there are people, there are people that have left this ministry, left this church, left this congregation, and I, I, you know, I'm not the judge, but some of those people, they just wanted gummy bears and spiritual Coca-Cola. And it showed, because it shows. Because some of those people, you see them now, and some of these people don't even go to church. You know, some of them, some of them, uh, instead of humbling themselves, they, they sat through they, they left. They allowed a split of spirit to, to, to get to them. I want to tell you today, when you've been called of God, I refuse to be like the Sardis Church. But I went through a season in my own life where Brother Luan can tell you, I went through a season in my own life and my own ministry where I had to go through the fear of man. I remember one time I was invited to a mega church that I remain nameless of. And Luana tell you, I was shaking in my boots to get up and give the word of the Lord to this church. It was a, it was a very large mega church, um, a very large, well-known all over, all over this country, um, charismatic, charismatic church. Uh, all I will say is some notable people have spoken in that pulpit at that particular church. And uh, I was there, I was invited to speak up in their pulpit. And um, I was, when I hit the platform, I began shaking and it wasn't under the power of God because, because I knew I was being broadcast around the world. I was being broadcast around the world for what I was about to say. And I knew that warfare was gonna come against me after I gave this word. Luan will tell you, after I released this prophetic word to that church, my ministry went through some of the most horrible stuff. I, I released it on a national platform. And you know who I'm talking about, whose church I'm talking about. Um, they have a notable church, mega church. Well, you know, at that time it was a mega church. They had over 2,000 members. They had about three or four campuses of their church. And to this very day, I believe pride had entered into that particular church. And everything that was prophesied uh, over that particular house, it has died and decayed now. And I believe if you allow pride to get in the way, you will kill the move of God. Even when God starts sending the people in the door, we better not get prideful. We better not get arrogant. We better not feel like we've arrived because the minute that we get pride for y'all, 
That's when God's going to take all the people out the door and they're going to go somewhere else. The minute that we lose our humility, Bishop Buckley and I have been a part of churches that are no longer in existence today um, are churches that split totally in four or five halves. You know why? Because pride entered in the way, and when pride entered in the way, they became a dead church. So I want to encourage you, stay alive. Stay alive. Allow God to bring those checks and balances in your life and in your heart and in your ministry. Do you agree? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's, let's stand and pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Thank you for the power of the word this Amen. morning. Amen. We thank you for the power of the word this morning. Brother Juan has a prophetic word. Yes. I just want you to pray for me. Oh, okay, okay. You had put your hand up. Okay.